This episode is brought to you by Northwind Adventures. Hiya folks, Old Man Grognard here. Say, if you ever wanted to experience the thrilling adventures of fantastic pulp fantasy stories at the tabletop, Northwind Adventures has got a role-playing game for you with Hyperborea. Based on the solid foundation of the original 1974 fantasy game, author Jeffrey Talanian has crafted an exciting, vibrant world using the inspiration of authors like Howard Smith and Lovecraft. With paper, pencil, and a handful of dice, your characters can explore the wonder, danger, and thrills of a rugged world beyond the North Wind. Explore dungeons, fight off monsters mundane, fantastic, and alien. Discover lost civilizations, battle mighty wizards, evil cultists, vicious warlords, and more. With 26 classes to choose from, your characters can quickly find fortune and glory on the road to high adventure, all in the land of Hyperborea. From Northwind Adventures, you'll find it at hyperborea.tv. Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard. The OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. Oh, we got rainy, raining, raining a gray day out there for a while. So, typical summer around here, more or less. It's either real hot or rainy. Anyway, today I want to talk some magic stuff, like magic users and things like that. Somebody made a great point to me that magic users, at the beginning, you know, they always say that they get real badass in later levels, but at the beginning, they're a buff machine. What I mean is they support. And that is, to me, their their function, at least in the early levels. And I was looking at a few things in a few of the editions of the game, and you don't... I was looking at the spell progression about like first and second level spells and things like that. In most systems, you don't get a second first level spell until like seventh level, some fourth. And in first edition, it's like you get them a lot faster, like third or third edition or something like that. But so, you know, you do have to pick, pick and choose your spells carefully and I think that would be a good idea, you know. But this is the kind of mindset that a player who's playing a magic user should go in to the game with. Okay, fine, you're not as flashy as the fighter killing monsters or something like that, or sneaky like the thief, or be able to call on divine intervention and turn stuff like the cleric, but you have your you have your your know your role. You have your role. <laughs> and in the later levels, you get to break out of that role. That's what I'm saying. So get your sleep. Get your protection from evils. Things like that, you know. And just, you know, use those. Here's another thing. Spell research, I never really got into as GM. I figured, because I've never had a player come up and say, hey, I want a spell that does this. And my first reply would be, well, did you look in the book and see if there's anything equivalent to it that you can either use, we can either use or modify? And if not, okay, spell research. I will just sit down and go, okay, what do you want it to do? 
how much money you got. Well, <laughs> it's always going to cost time and money. That's the two constants, time and money. So I work out a reasonable timeline in the game for him to get this spell. And that goes for magic item research, too. I mean, hey, I want a pair of braces of defense. I think I know somebody who can help me do it if you have help or if you're high enough level, do it yourself. And then we'll just work it out. Those are the kind of things you just work out with the game master, you know? Okay, I said that. Now, I personally think that when the campaign starts, the... See, I'm going. I'm th I'm going through something where I'm starting from scratch again. So when the campaign starts, I think the GM really should think about magic item placement in the world. And I'm talk now talking about every single magic item or spell or anything like that in the world. But generally, what is what is available? What isn't? What's common? What isn't? Now I've had I've had it where I've had a guy who makes a little cottage industry about banking first or third level spells for everyday use that anybody can use. And I can see that. You know, these are all on scrolls and things like that. And by the way, don't be stingy with the scrolls. I'm just telling you, new GMs, young chillin, gather around, here's some wisdom. Don't be stingy with the scrolls or low level magic items. And what I mean is rods, staves, and wands. Yeah, you can do the occasional ring or something a little more exotic. But rods, staves, wands, anything that has magic in it that is easy to carry in commonplace. Because the magic of those is they have charges. They may be, rechar be able to rechar rechargeable. They may not. So this is something you have to think about because this will buff the magic users so they stay so they can progress in levels and not get killed. They are a buff machine. They are the support. They're the ones who can, you know, put the protection from evil up if some some really evil warlord is trying to bear down with you on it with his minions or a hold portal if you need to stop the horde, stop the dragon from, or not dragon, but, you know, the, the ogre from coming through long enough for you guys to do whatever you're going to do or get out of there. So... Yeah, that's what the magic user does. And he gets experience for that. Or he should, anyway. If he has to fight, that's a bad thing. Maybe one offensive spell. Or one, what I call preemptive spells, like sleep. Sleep is the first level spell that, you know, you should have. The, the, the first level offensive spell that you should have in your spell book. Not right away, but... I think a spell book in the first couple of levels should be defensive. So you should get the protection from evils. You get the shields. You get, you know, things like that. Something that'll protect either you or you and the party. And because even the lowly cleric has things like he can turn undead or lay hands on somebody to heal them. Also, don't be stingy with the healing potions. You know, that, that just goes without saying as far as I'm concerned. I don't... It's, it's incredible. I've ran more groups than I can think of that didn't have a magic user. Or didn't have... Or I shouldn't say did... Or didn't have a magic user and or a cleric. Especially a cleric. And 
It's like, guys, you're going to go down this dungeon with no cleric. Don't you think you ought to go get some healing potions at least? You know, or some way to bind your wounds or some sort of first aid kit. You, you know, I can fudge the game a bit and say you can make an a intelligence roll or whatever to, to patch somebody's arm up long enough to get them out of the dungeon. You know, that kind of thing. But I, I, I'm, just, I'm just surprised that I ran so many people where they oh, I got a fighter, I got a great rogue, I got a great, uh, you know, I got a great, uh, what, this magic user who can throw, the, he's got these, these things, and it's like, where's your healer? Where's your healer? You know? And don't forget, clerics are backup fighters. They are. You know, people forget that. People forget that because they're the ones who heal. Well, if you've got a few magic, you know, magic healing potions, you don't have to rely on it. What I'm saying is you don't have to rely on the cleric so much, which I don't think is a good thing. You should not rely on this man to heal you because, because he, he can get killed. I mean, yes, protect the healer. I mean, protect the wizard, protect the, protect the cleric. That's just, you know, common sense. But, don't rely on these guys. Don't rely on the magic. You've got to have some way around it. I mean, in my world, I let anybody read a spell unless it's in some other funky language, like an, an ancient tongue or something like, you know, plot things. You know what I'm saying? And But at the same time, most people can read, it, read uh, common, and most scrolls are written in common. So, you know, the magic user and I think the thief are the ones who, you know, can read scroll. They say, oh, he can read scrolls. Okay, whoop-de-doo, he can read scrolls. I'm going to say they can read scrolls of another language or another, if they know that language or some, something where the scroll is out of the ordinary. Here's another thing about, about spells. If you want to take, most, most magic users I know, the ones I, the way I used to play it, was, oh, great, a spell. It's a spell I don't know. I think I can cast it. I'm going to hang on, or I can't cast it. I'm going to hang on until I'm level enough, and I'm going to, well, I'm going to transcribe it into my spell book. That'll burn the spell off the scroll right away. I'm going to put it in my spell book and save it for when I can cast it. Well, you know, those scrolls are put out there for a reason, okay? I mean, that's a good thing. That's a good thing you can do that. But it shouldn't be the, the first thing that, pops into your mind, especially if you need them to get through the dungeon. Go ahead, burn that scroll. Burn the spells on that scroll. There's more. You'll find more. Don't worry about it. It's once again the old, you know, resource management thing. Same with the, same with the rod staves of mods or rings or whatever. Use them. They may be rechargeable, they may not, but they're there to save your butt save your bacon you know you know and also one more thing just one more thing it's okay to lose spells what i'm saying is if you look at the chart for spell progression in any role-playing game class and level role-playing game if you're doing fancy and magic you get x number of spells every level and those are the spells you have does not mean you can't learn more in, I remember first edition AD&D, I mean, depending on what your intelligence is, you have a minimum number of spells to learn and the maximum number of spells you can learn. Take advantage of that. 
if you've got something in your spell book that you can you can get rid of for this better spell, do it. Do it. It's okay. I mean, you know, I don't want to... Oh, wow, I got... Oh, I this spell's... This, this girl's got bark skin on it. Boy, that would be really handy, but I got shield over here. I don't have... I mean, I know there are two different levels of spells, but just go with me on this for a minute. I don't know if I don't know if I could do get rid of it. Get rid of shield. You have bark skin. This is why they put better spells in later levels. So you can replace them. Yes, it's nice to have it in a pinch. And what I would do is if I had a bark skin spell, I would burn it and put it in my book and then look for a shield spell somewhere along. Maybe you can buy it in a magic shop or something like that. One or two of those. You carry those around just you know you've got to have these things these spells in case of emergency break glass type of thing you know there are times i've seen times where the fight has been won by somebody saying oh i got this one thing i can do it because they're about to get killed and it works and saves their bacon so that's why you should have it's that's my recommendation Keep some of the spells, the higher level spells, as you get them. And the lower level spells, we can burn some off. You need to make room in the book. Do You know, get rid of them. Try, first of all, try and find a replacement scroll for it or two. Stick it in your backpack. Then get rid of the spell. You know, just common sense anyway. All right, I've gone on long enough. i got to start my day. Well... If you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognargmail.com, or you can drop a voicemail on Anchor. We're monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program, and I would thank you. Uh, there's also a single donation option, my Kofi, Kofi page, ko-fi.com, slash oldmangrognard. You can give everything, anything from $3 all the way on up, however, you, however much you want to give. And I would thank you. I'm going to thank these people who do the monthly thing, though, right now. Jonathan, Oliver, Gilbert, Juan Carlos, Daniel, Dan, Benjamin, Jason, John, Allen, Aaron, Michael, Randy, and Joe. Thank you, guys. If you want to hear some great podcasts, try Dan Gregg's The Young Y-U-N-G Young Grognard Podcast, Mark C. Wallring's The Yawning Owlbear Podcast, Kevin at the Red Caps Podcast, Big John Allen Large at the Red Dice Diaries, Randy and Joe does Biggest Geekest, and my friend Eric Tenkar's Tab chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.